Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Everybody well? Um, <clears throat> let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love and your peace and your goodness and your faithfulness and just being who you are, being ever-present in our lives that we can trust you and, and know, um, just know you're there. And so we thank you for that. Holy Spirit, I just submit myself to you. Speak through me this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So, um, are you guys excited? Yeah. Yeah, Hanukkah, I think, is over, pretty much. But Christmas is here, right? And so, so nothing like um, doing Christmas and talking about trees, right? Are you guys bored of trees or bored of the board? Or like, there's so much. Like, like as I read in here, I see so much richness. Like, like we get. Like sometimes you can read. Like when you when you study, you can like read for for like width, you know, for length, but if you want to study, you got to go deep, right? Sometimes, like, like man, I don't, I don't just want to swim on the top. I want to dig deep down and say, hey, what are you really saying to me? Because there's so much meaning. Like, like when every letter in the Hebrew alphabet has a significant meaning, and, and every number has a significant meaning, and every every yod or tittle or whatever you call it, right? They have have a, a specific meaning. Even commas are really important, right? In, in punctuation, so it's important. So, okay, what is God trying to say to me, and how can I apply this to my life right now? Because so much of the time we we start living our life, and you're like, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. But how does it apply to where I'm at right now? How, how does it hit me right now? As, as an old rancher says, you got to get the hay down where the cows can eat it. You know what I mean? It doesn't do no good. Like if your hay's in the hay loft, right, they can get, actually I, my horses, like I have this little shed and I put, put, I just got like 25 bells of hay and I'm like, yes, and I put it in there and I put a piece of plastic up there so, so the, the two of the horses couldn't get into it. And I come back out to feed them the other night and they both, ran up to me for food and then walked off and I was like, oh my gosh, they're sick. And so I went around and I was like, what's the matter with you guys? Are you guys all right? And then I looked and they tore the plastic down and they had been eaten for 24 hours straight. They were like this wide and so they're like, nah, we don't need no food. We're, we're, we're good, right? So, so I had the hay down where the horses could eat it but I didn't want them to eat that much of it, right? And so... So, but the next day they were pretty hungry because I'd fixed it, right? But we got to get, sometimes we got to um, get the hay down where we can eat it. It don't do us no good if it's all the way uh, up here. And we, it's not applicable to, our, applicable to our life, right? It, it's not just about, oh, well, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to do this. But if it's not applicable and if it doesn't, doesn't um, work in our life on a day-to-day, everyday basis... Then, then we got the hay in the loft. It doesn't mean that the hay is less valuable. It just means that it don't do you no nutritious good or no value to you unless you're eating it. 
unless you're you're um, partaking of it. And so that's what I love about about the Word of God because, like, I I just get amazed because I read through there. I am amazed, right? So I actually kind of mad at Amazon because they really should pay me some royalties, like using my name all over the place, you know? And so, but it always amazes me how this, this Bible was written by so many different people and through so many different times and periods. And then when I go into Genesis and I'm reading this and then I go into Exodus and I'm reading this and Leviticus and then I jump over into the prophets and I'm reading this and then I get in, into the New Covenant and the New Testament and I'm reading this. I'm like, and it all fits. And it's all about one person. It's about Jesus. And all it's about, and all it, it's real simple. It's about living from our spirit, about our real identity, who we really are in Christ, and turning back, changing our mind. Um, it, when they um, translated the Bible, actually, I was reading uh, uh, Dr. Tuit. That's a cool name, right? He's French, Dutoit, right? But he, he was, he's like a brainiac, he nerds out, but he says, Repentance is impossible if we do not understand what God believes and thinks, because metanoia, now that's the Greek word for repentance. Metanoia is something radical that takes place in your mind. It is a mind shift from darkness, confusion, depression, and guilt to light. So now it was just the opposite. Uh, it was kind of a metatoia in, in reverse when, um, when Satan, the serpent, comes and says, says, has God said? What was it doing? It was going from light, right, to darkness. He was trying to, to accuse God and say, hey, you really don't have everything that God says you, you have. You really aren't who God says you are. And all of a sudden, she starts doubting God. And so, so the root of all sin is always what? It's unbelief. That's where it all started. We don't believe. That's all it is. And that's why when we're saved, we're saved by faith. By What is faith? It's, it's belief, right? What's a belief? It's just a thought that we continue to have over and over and over till it's seated in. It's like, this is what I believe. Like, like, like I've been, like, like I'm, I'm so many years old now, but I've been looking in the mirror all my life. So I look in the mirror like, man, I'm good looking. <laughs> right? And it's a belief I have, right? You changed my mind. You can't. Because, like, I see it. I look in the mirror. I see. I know. You can't. Because I've got that thought process, and that thoughts come over and over and over and over and over again. And so this is what this is. This is a mirror. And, it, and it's telling us who we are. And we get so, so focused on who we're not that we forget we are. It says we're made in what? In the image of God. We're made in the likeness of God. And so God created us in his image and in his likeness. And the enemy come. And the enemy was doubt. It was unbelief. It was accusation. And the first accusation wasn't even against her. It was against God himself. So you worry about getting accused, you're in great company. First person that was ever accused was God. Right? Don't. It's okay. Right? It is what it is, right? Keep, keep moving. Say yes to that, right? I had a horse, a big Frisian. I've been working with him for a year, and I got out 
the other day and went to working with him and he was starting to go other places where I didn't want and, and I was like, okay, go ahead. He said, what are you doing? I was like, I'm saying yes to him. He's like, why are you saying yes to him? I was like, because pretty soon he's going to figure out that his yes should be where I want, want him to be. And, and I'll apply the pressure and take the pressure off. And I was like, hey, if you want to run, run, right? I'll be here when you get done. It's a round pin, right? You can, you can run and run and run and run. I'm still going to be here. You're just going to be tired. Now he's learned. He's like, 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 I move here, and he's like, poof. I move here, he's like, poof. He, 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 I was like, yes, do you want to run? No, he's, he used to drag me. Right, big old Afrisians. He's like 17 hands, big black horse. And, and when he'd turn, if he got his neck wrong, wrong, he'd drag me till I could get his neck back. Well, he started to do that for just a second. He's like, "Oh no, I'm going to come back in." And I was like, "She's like, hey, he's come a long ways, hasn't he?" I was like, "Like, yeah." I was like, "I used to get skiing when he did that, right?" And so, but it's like I'm saying yes. And so, like I've learned in my problems, like when I have a problem come up, an obstacle. I ain't fighting it, because the Bible says that in some things God works for the good. In what? In all things. So, so if all things work for my good, guess what? This is working for my good. So I say, yes, thank you for this situation. I love you. And I literally, like I'll sit down when I'm praying in the morning or getting ready and to meditate. Before I even think on anything else, I'm starting to do this. I'm starting to, I get these feelings come up. And it's maybe not a feeling I want. Instead of suppressing it, I'm doing like I do with the horse. I'm like, you can run. I'm going to say yes to you. you. Yes, I feel that. Yes, I know that's there. I love you. And I start just loving on it. And you know what? Pretty soon it disappears. And I was like, is that all you got? And then I'll take a breath. And then I know that, it, that it's cleared. Why? Because when we resist that stuff, we're really just allowing it power in our life. What you focus on is what you drive towards, right? And the Bible says this, perfect love cast out what? Fear. fear. All fear. Perfect love. So, so I cannot be loving something and be afraid of it at the same time. So it's like I'm going to walk in, in that love. For the Lord has not given me a, a spirit of what? Of fear, but of what? Of, of power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind. And so here, here, here is Eve in the moment that she realizes the enemy's telling her, basically he's telling her, God's, God's lying to you, he's holding back, he ain't enough, you ain't enough, your husband's not enough. That's where it all started. Right? Nothing's enough. You're lacking something. You're missing something. And here they're made in the image of God and have everything they could ever want. In fact, they have fellowship with God himself. And then comes the guilt. Guilt is, oh, I've done, done something really bad, right? But shame is, I am something really bad. And that's not true. What, what, how you live your life always follows I am. If you believe I am weak, then you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, your thoughts are going to go in that direction. So, so that's why, why it says in Scripture, actually Jesus didn't say it. There's a song that says, let the weak say I'm strong, right? In Scripture, there is a verse where, where, where they said, you know, um, beat your, your um, plowshares and the swords and let the weak say I am strong. But he's saying, what is it? I am. When you put God's name, when you say I am, you're putting God's name to anything, Right? 
And so we can trust him and know who he is. Anyway, that's a side note. So I get off on all these rabbits. It's so rich, though. Like, the, the scripture is so rich. But it really, this is practical stuff. Like, this, this is practical stuff. And as I learn to apply this in my life, I see fruit from that, right? And you're like, well, my thoughts don't, don't mean anything. Yeah, it does, right? Your thoughts will, will affect where you're going. Your, your beliefs are just thoughts you think over and over again. What's in your, you ever have something going wrong? And, like, you're just like, it's over. It's just like, am I the only one who's ever done that? Just like over and over and over and over. And then I'd have to finally say, just stop it. Just stop it. Like that's not even true. But if you keep focus on that, you're, you're going you're gonna to be so worried. I don't want to get bucked off. I don't want to get bucked off. I don't want to get bucked off. And then pretty soon the horse is like, I've had enough of you, idiot. And he bucks you off. And that's how, how life works. So, so how we think matters. What do you believe and why do you believe it matters because that's the root of everything. Does that make sense? And so here we're finding the serpent says now the serpent was in, in Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? Right. He told her, did God really say? He's like, do you believe what God said? Because now he's asking God, he, he's really, he's not saying, oh, God's a liar, but he kind of is, right? Or he's saying, well, maybe you just misun- mis- misunderstood what God says, right? And I was read the, this book, and so much of the time we're like, well, you know, I know what's in the Bible, but I don't know if it's true. You know what, you know what that is? Did God really say? Hath God said, right? Do, do we believe? Do we trust? Or do we trust our own understanding, our own ego? It's our flesh, right? We all have it, right? And all our ego is, is this. Do you guys remember what ego is? E-G-O. Edging God out. You know what it's saying? I got to save myself. Because God can't do it, obviously, and I'm so messed up, and if I just do this, then he'll love me. And we're waiting on, on God to be good enough so that God will love us and be good to us instead of knowing that he loves us so much even before we're good. That's another thing that I, I got wrote down. It is a revelation of the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It is not our repentance that leads God to goodness. God's not sitting there waiting. Okay, when you, when you, when you do right, then, then I'm going to be good to you, and I'm going to love you, and I'm going to do this. He's not. He loves you the whole time. Right? He's like, I love you so much. He's like, if you want to run around in the surround pen, I'll love you while you're running around. But I still love you. But when you stop your feet and you turn back to him, you realize that, that oh, He's a good God. He loves me, and I'm safe right here. I'm going to be right here with him. And that's where we find our peace and our comfort and our hope. Not trying to do something to be good enough, but because we are good enough, we are so valuable that he sent Jesus to die for us while we were yet not good enough. That's why it's called good news. That's why it's called the gospel. Right? 
I was thinking, you, you're but like I read that good part of it. Like, let me get you over here to, like this has been a staple of mine lately. I've been loving this scripture. So I'm going to read in, in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And it says this. And we begin, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? They're like, okay, do we, get, do we got to start over again, boys? Because like, like, here they're getting it. They, they got it. And then all of a sudden now there's a yeah, but. Right? We have a yeah, but. Uh, yeah, God said, you know, he'd die for our sins. But now that he's died for our sins, we've got to do this, and we've got to do that, and we've got to do that, and then God will love us, right? Yeah, but. Yeah, but God. Right? Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, right? So we're saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, right? Do you know what that sounds like to me? Could you play the video? taking you back to the stone ages <laughs> right like they even wrote on rocks right there what do we know that that was written on rocks written on stones the, the ten commandments the law like if you're trying to save yourself you're going back to the stone age now think about that we have a new covenant we, we have a new life in Jesus are, are we going to try to do the yabbit, yabbit, do? Yabbit, yabbit, do. Well, I was going to do that in church. Now I did it. Right? Like, what are we doing in church this morning? We watched the Flintstones. Right? <laughs> right? What is it? Back to the Stone Age. Back to, back to before. Right? We have a new covenant. Now we're, we're well, I'm in a new modern Stone Age family. Right? And that's what you are. Right? You don't want to be a modern Stone Age family. Right? You want to be free because whom the sun sets free is free indeed, right? And that's really good news. So, so it's no longer the Stone Age. It's no longer, you know, going back. But now it's, oh, you know what? I'm going to trust God because you know what you're going to get? You're going to get what Fred got because you're not going to like a cat. 
And you're like, well, I'm just going to kick it out. And you know what's going to happen? When you're trying to live by the law, that cat's going to come in and kick you out. That's what happens. That's what it's designed to do to bring you to Jesus. It wasn't meant for us to keep. It was meant to lead us to Jesus. It was meant to lead us to a relationship with God himself. We can get rid of the yabbit, yabbit do's. Then don't go. You'll never look at the Flintstones the same, will you? Sorry, I'm glad there's not a bunch of kids in here because I'd have just run them forever. Like, I know there is kids in here, young guys, but sorry, guys. Right? Are we going back to the Stone Age or are we going to trust God by, for what God says? Right? You're like, well, I got a scripture to back this up just so you guys don't think I'm nuts. You might think I'm nuts anyway, probably, but never mind. Right? He's saying, saying, are we beginning to commend ourselves again or do we need... Like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you. You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. He's like, what? You're our letter. Read by everyone. You are the letter. And it's not written on stone, but it's written where? On our hearts. He said, I'm going to make a new covenant with you. And he says, no longer... Will, will, will you need a teacher? He says, I'll be your teacher. No longer will I write it on stone, but I'll write it on the tablets of your heart. That's in the Old Testament. And that's where, where Paul's going right here. He's saying, saying you're, it's written on your hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. You know I'm saying? You're getting stuck. You're getting stuck in the do's. You're getting stuck in the don'ts. You're getting stuck in the, I'm not good enough. And God's saying, you are good enough. I gave my life for you. That's what this season's about. Hey, Mary, got good news. And it's not about Geico either. To you, a child is born, a Savior is given, and his name is Emmanuel. It's like, he's Emmanuel. Well, why didn't he say Jesus? One of you know, God's with us. Not only is he with us, but Christ in us is our hope of glory. And in, in, in him, we live and move and have our being. And so it's not, it's not about... It's not about the, the stone, but it's about, don't be stoned, dudes. Don't, just don't. I was like, or just say yes. Yes. I, never mind. Such, I had too much coffee this morning. I'm just warning you guys. Okay? Such, such confidence as this is ours through Christ. Through what? Through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competency comes from God. So he's saying you're trying to make yourself competent in your own works, in your own beliefs, but our competency only comes from God. It's like going back to that tree. It's like if I can only eat from this tree, then I'll be like God. And you already are like God. You're made in his image. He has made us competent ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter 
What? Kills. But the Spirit gives life. It's about, it's about walking in the Spirit. It's about walking in Him. You are not what you do. You are not where you live. You are a son and daughter of the Most High God. The Bible says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The old, old me died on that cross. I was crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but it's who? It's Christ that lives in me. He's, I, he's in the Father, and the Father's in Him, and I'm in Him. And if I'm him in Him, and He's in the Father, then I'm connected with everything. There's no separation between us. And if we're trying to earn that, then we're on a spinning wheel. And it's just going to go round and round and round. Because really what we're saying is, God, I really don't believe what you're saying. Do you believe him? Thank God there's another lady in the scriptures. In Luke. It's chapter 1 or 2. It's in the Old Testament somewhere. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. A virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was, anybody know? It was Mary, right? The angel went to hear, to went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Do you know what his message to? He, he's like, the Lord's with you. He is with you, Mary. You are favored. Sometimes the favor of God doesn't look like a blessing. You know, there's some hardships that come to her. Like even though she believed God and had the fruit of what God was going to do in her life, actually literally getting ready to explode onto the face of the earth, there were people who were like, yeah, I don't know. Can you imagine what she had to face? But here the angel's saying, hey Mary, guess what? The Lord's with you. Let's have a parade. But like, at least in New York City, go down the square, I need the floats and the balloons and the, right? Hey, he's with me. Sometimes it don't always work like that. Sometimes you're going to go through some stuff. And you got to know, even when you're going through stuff, that that doesn't mean you're not highly favored. And that doesn't mean that God's not with you. In fact, maybe it means he is with you. Right? So he says, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. See, you know what that's saying? What does he want? What do you want? What do you want, Willis? Right? Some of you guys remember that. Right? What do you want? And so he says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Have you ever noticed that when angels show up, people, they're always saying, do not be afraid? So you know what that tells me? The people were probably afraid, right? And you would be too, right? So he's like, don't be afraid. It, okay, Mary, you have found favor with God. She's like, oh, 
So do I get three wishes? <laughs> do I like rub your belly or do you got a lamp? Or Oh, that's a different story, isn't it? Never mind. Okay, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Yahweh's salvation. Woo! That's pretty good news. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. El Elyon. The Lord God, the I am that I am, the creator of the universe, will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And do you know what Mary said? Where's the apple? Where's the fruit? No, she didn't say that. You know, she understood what he was telling her. He's like, he under, she understood what he was saying was going to happen, and she understood who he was talking about. He was talking about the Messiah. They knew who the Messiah was. They waited on the Messiah. They wanted to see the coming of the Messiah, and they waited for him to arrive. And now he's saying, hey, Mary, guess what? You're it. Not only is the Messiah coming, but you're going to birth him in and through yourself into this world. And I'm telling you, that's the good news of the gospel because Jesus is in us. And when we allow him to live through us, we birth him all over again into other people and let them see Jesus and let them find Jesus and let them know Jesus. It's like Christmas every day without Santa Claus. I mean, you can do Santa Claus if you want. My cousin looks like Santa. She looks more like ZZ Top, but I was just like, <laughs> beard down to here. You know? It says, of his kingdom will never end. And you know what Mary says? How will this be? Mary asks the angel, since I'm a virgin. She's like, Psst, I know you're supernatural and all. There's a process, right? There's a way it's got to be. I'm telling you, I haven't been through the process. So, in the natural, this is impossible. How are you going to do that? It's like, how are you going to do that? She didn't say, oh, you can't do that. She's like, how will this be? She's like, okay. She didn't say no. She's just asking questions. Right? She's interviewing him back. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. And then he says this, for nothing is impossible with God. I'm saying here, 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 here's her cousin Elizabeth, and, and, and her and her husband, like remember he's in the temple. Right? And, and God, like he, God says, you're going to have a son. He's like, yeah, right. I don't believe you. Like, he's a priest. He's in the temple, right? And, and so God says, you know what? I'm just going to shut your mouth. Like, and so he couldn't talk, so he had to get a whiteboard, too. Doing this in honor of him. Right? And he had to write this down, right? Sometimes we just need to shut up. What does that tell us? When God gives us a promise, sometimes we just need to shut up and say, yeah, yeah, God, rather than yeah, but yeah, but what do I got to do? I get the Flintstones here. For nothing is impossible with God. You know what nothing means there? 
Nothing. Like nothing. Like, like we're trying to do everything through the flesh. And God's like, I got a higher way. He says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are high above your thoughts. So we can trust him. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with, with your mind, with your knowledge, with what? With your, all your heart and lean not on what? On your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. It says the steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered by the Lord, right? So he says this. He says, fear for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. Whoa. That's all she needed to hear. She was excited. She's like, yes, I'm the Lord's servant. She's like, here I am. Use me. Send me. What do I got to do? And then she says this. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Wow. What great faith. So now we've been studying the tree where it's hath God said. And now, and, and, and Eve and Adam, they're all like, yeah, I'm not so sure God's for us. And now, now, here, here is a young Hebrew virgin woman ready to get married, ready to start her life. And God says, hey, guess what I'm going to do? And you know what? She, she didn't say, yeah, but God, I got to do this. Yeah, but God, I, I'm getting married. Yeah, but God, no one's going to understand. Yeah, but God. She didn't. She said, hey, I'm your servant. My heart's for you. I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart. And I'm not leaning on my understanding. If I'm not leaning on my understanding, then I'm not edging God out. And I'm not working from... Try not to kill that. I'm not edging God out. And I'm not eating from the wrong tree. And I'm saying, I'm going to trust you, Father. I'm going to let you be the one in my life. Let it be according to your word. We see a promise. We say, oh, I hope God will do that for me. Well, we can say, hey, let it be according to your word. You said you'd supply all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. How about, let's let it be according to your words. By your stripes, you are healed. How about, we just take God at his word. How about we just say, let it be to me according to your word. How about the fact that we're saved? That Jesus gave his life for us. That that is more than enough. How about that just being enough? I'm your servant. I am saved. I'm a son of the most high God. Let it be according to your words. I am in, made in the image and likeness of God. I am a son of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let it be according to your word. We get all these things to believe in, and most of the things they give us to believe in, a lot of the stuff, like, makes us not even want to believe. I mean, Santa and Rudolph and Little Drummer Boy, although he might have been real, I don't know. I heard that Mary was upset at him because he kept waking Jesus up. <laughs> right? We got all these stuff that we can't believe. We, and we still believe. I still believe in Santa Claus. I used to do his reindeer to do their feet. Right? 
I love Santa. For all you kids out there, I love Santa. I actually know him. But there's so much stuff that'll get our attention. But if there's one thing you can believe in, it's that this is our season. We get to celebrate the birth of the Savior to into this world. But he's like, I want to be born into this world again, but I want to be born through you. Are you going to say, how will that be? Or are you going to say, let it be according to your word? It's your choice. Amen? So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your faithfulness and just always being there. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.